Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old soundtracks for some reason. Nick. Chris. And I'm Caleb, and this week I think Chris has a pick for us. That's right. I've got Undercover Brothers soundtrack. Hey! 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 Forgot about this one. Yeah! This was uh, recommended... Uh, by a listener and an old friend of mine, uh, Kyle Argenbright. He reached out to me and uh, I was like, you know what? This is a great soundtrack. We got to check this out. So that'd be fun to revisit this movie from 2002. Yeah, this is a film that I watched for the first time in preparation for this episode. Nice. And I was pleasantly surprised. Dude, I was laughing really hard at a lot of parts in this movie. It is, it's silly, it's fun, but like, <laughs> kind of reminds me of a simpler time, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know, I don't know what that means, but uh, I, I enjoyed it on rewatch. Yeah, this sure. was the definitely the first time that I watched the movie. Definitely first time I listened to the soundtrack, but a lot of great tracks to get into. Should we hear track one? I'd love to. Let's do it. This is Snoop Dogg and Bootsy Collins with Undercover Funk. Give up the funk. First of all, I gotta pop it on them, lock it on them, lift it on them, flip it on them, drop it on them. I'm coming down like a spaceship through the clouds, and I'm doing about a hundred thousand miles. All right, let's talk about this track. I feel like when I was <laughs> watching the movie, I was cover. hearing the original yeah. in the movie, yeah. which is great. This version that Snoop made with Bootsy Collins, obviously from Parliament Funkadelic. Something's definitely wrong going on, going on on that, <laughs> so that track. You do hear the original uh, towards the beginning when you meet uh, undercover brother Eddie Griffin and his Cadillac driving right, around. Right. And then this full song appears in the credits. Okay. So you do hear okay. um, Give Up the Funk. And if you guys are super fans of the podcast, you might have heard a little clip from that on one of our Tinseltown tunes of Eddie Griffin singing, Oh, yeah, that's right. I haven't seen it, Chris. I don't know how many times I can tell you. Well, I've seen it now. It's kind uh, of a, uh, maybe a questionable cover of what's a, uh, a great song yeah. from um, Parliament's quintessential album, Mothership Connection, yeah. which was a huge album for me. Amazing original song. I would say unnecessary cover. Um, yeah. It's <sighs> Snoop, so it's not the worst. Yeah, that's the thing is that Snoop never makes anything worse, but other people have made it worse before Snoop got involved, it sounds like. <laughs> Was this yes. for the movie? Yes, yeah. okay. for sure. Yeah. It's it's approaching MC synopsis territory. It's very yeah, close. Some of the yeah. <laughs> He's like, you want him to be like, undercover brother, something happening, and then... In he, the plot. Uh, yeah, conspiracy theory <laughs> to thwart the man, <laughs> but like he doesn't really do it. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. ah, he's close. He's close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, the, there's another there's a track later on that does something similar too. So yeah, we, yeah. we can talk about that again. Okay, so I think one of the screenwriters um, was also one of the screenwriters on the Austin Powers films, or a couple of them. The yeah, the spy who shagged me and Goldmember, not the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I feel like this. I, I, it was supposedly it was based on I think uh, some internet shorts or something. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything specific about that, but mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely. The character of Undercover Brothers doing kind of the same thing as Austin Powers, but without any explanation. Like, Austin Powers was frozen and then thawed out, Mm -hmm. and he was like a relic of a different time. 
an undercover brother is just, just a 70s guy he's just a 70s guy for no reason it never really says why mm-hmm. it's very true it's kind of like uh oh yeah my dad told me to keep it real or something so i just kept it real in the 70s, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'll say the uh yeah the internet series and the story and uh, some of the screenplays by john ridley and then uh michael mccullers uh is the uh, austin powers guy that helped it help mm-hmm. flesh it out yeah <laughs> yeah there's no explanation for <laughs> and then like he's never really undercover because like every time he goes i mean it's you know obviously part of the fun but like anytime he goes undercover his like afro pops out and then he's immediately in 70s clothes well, again and stuff <laughs> one of his things is that he's i guess he's like a master of disguise but then that they also kind of get tired of doing that oh but actually no no there's a lot of disguise really that's more i think disguise. about it. yeah yeah um this is especially the first like third of the film i thought was amazing it's definitely one of those things where i don't know if it was like a money issue but like the first third is like very tightly edited and like joke 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 and all these set pieces mm-hmm. and then it kind of like fl- yeah kind it gets of, a little loosey goosey three quarters it takes them a while to wrap it up yeah. uh, <laughs> and like there's not really a big payoff at the end um and like they're even just sitting there on the beach like towards the end they're like well we did it uh, <laughs> i guess i guess that's it and then like the main yeah. guy or like the main bad guy gets away the man <laughs> all right well we are getting ahead of ourselves a little yeah, bit yeah, we should jump true. into track two Let's segue right into track number two. This is Average White Band with Pick Up the Pieces. There's that band. song. <laughs> this is I love this song. I have this I have a copy of this record. It's been used on a lot of commercials, a lot of soundtracks. When I was in um music school and you would walk down a rehearsal hallway, you would just hear like you know, ten different bands playing this <laughs> all at different times. <laughs> just Wait, like a very crazy sound. Why do you think that is? Based on like the, the drumming or the yeah, it was kind of a classroom example for like funk arrangement and yeah. like horn parts. And instrumental, yeah. kind of distinctive melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, should say it's a Scottish band, which I always find surprising. Hmm. It's one of those things that I guess I completely uh, forget every time we, <laughs> this song comes up because I'm always like, Scottish! Yeah, this came out like on Atlantic Records under Arif Martin's guidance and he was uh, very hesitant to uh, put out this song because... Uh, there was the fact that there was no vocal on it. He thought yeah. it wasn't going to sell well. Boy, was he wrong. But yeah, you know, did uh, did super well. I feel like this got repopularized at some point, maybe because it was in Swingers. Or yeah, I remember it. It's been I remember in a lot it pretty of movies. vividly from Swingers. I should say that um, I was looking this up. Average White Band is actually the fifteenth most sampled band in history. Holy moly! That's like a list I should dig up and uh, oh, turn into some sort of arduous quiz. Uh, of course, the song has been covered by Kenny G and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, also Phil Collins, which is uh, just the cover that no one asked for. And um, after the success of the song, uh, James Brown's band, uh, the JBs, recorded oh, a, yeah, I read a, about this. an answer song called uh, Pick Up the Pieces One by One. Mm-hmm. And they credited the artist for the track as the AABB band or the Above Average Black Band. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> 
apparently their their motivation for recording this answer to the track was um, the average white band's appropriation of the bass line from Jane Brown's uh, Hot Pants Road. Yeah. So, they, you know, so how about this? How about this? But I feel like they're falling into the trap of trying to make fun of somebody for making a self-deprecating joke. It's like, we already called ourselves the average white band. We're making fun of ourselves. By pointing out that we called ourselves the average, you're just pointing out the joke that we yeah. made already. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. God. yeah, this is, a, I mean, talk about this is a Swingers, Iron Man 2, Taxi, Suicide Kings, Penguins, The Beach Bum, Tag, Riverdale, Scand. I mean, it's it's in everything. everywhere. Yeah, anytime anyone needs a, a an acoustic, or not acoustic, but my, my dad's cassette tape. Excuse me. <laughs> Is playing at the very beginning when they're talking about like how the seventies was a great time for like sixties and seventies for black culture and then it just like came to a, a slowdown uh, with like the advent of uh, the nineties and things like that. So yeah. what was it? Uh, shows that money shot of Steve Urkel like and then oh, yeah. somehow like, <laughs> something, happened. something happened where it began to lose its distinct <laughs> flavor, like black culture. It's like I knew that you guys want to hear some of track number three? Let's mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. This is the Commodores with Brick House. Uh, probably one of my favorite Commodore songs. Oh, great Commodore song. We just had them on our Baby Driver episode uh, for their song. Easy Like Sunday Morning. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. This is a rare Commodore's track without uh, Lionel Richie singing vocals. I think they brought in like the vocals of one yeah. of the drummers. Where's Lionel? <laughs> yeah, you have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> this song was apparently uh, kind of a happenstance situation in the recording studio where like all the gear broke down. And uh, they had to have some techs come in and uh, fix the console. And kind of during that time, the bass player was just sitting in the live room and started plucking out some notes. And, you know, someone came back in and was like, oh, that's good. Let me let me jump on there. And then everyone kind of came back together and they figured it out on the spot Mm -hmm. and turned out to be Brick House. Shit, man. I was looking into those. uh, (laughs) So it's it's the name of the song comes from a a kind of it's a adaptation of a famous saying that i had never heard built like a uh brick shit house yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you never yeah. heard that before no i've heard that's that that's a maybe. texas thing maybe. A texas or a southern thing, thing. i'm not yeah. sure like the the roots of that saying but uh, yeah that was a saying that we heard a bunch in texas growing up i always thought it was a funny saying too You're like <laughs> she's built All like right. a brick shit house wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is happening during the uh the cat fight between sister girl and white she devil which you know, there's a lot of juvenile humor in this. I but would say that I laughed really hard at that point. You laughed at that? I, I thought, thought it was, was kind of a low point. I was like, I uh, uh, the initial. Okay, so it's yeah, like oh, at a cafe, let's sit down and watch this. Well, it was Eddie Griffin getting like beat up by two guards, and then like the two women start fighting, and it's getting you know sexier, and then they're like. He's like, hey, check it out, check it out, and then they like, and then it cuts to them like pulling up like movie theater seats with popcorn. That was funny, and then it just went on maybe too a little too long. But uh, 
<laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> that this, was like really silly, but yeah, you know. This track has had some extremely unfortunate covers Ooh. Uh, after its initial release. Uh, in 1995, the uh, Led Zeppelin cover band Dread Zeppelin covered this song uh, called uh, Brick Houses of the Holy on their album <laughs> No Quarter Pounder. Well, that one's really good. <laughs> you should really listen to that one. I don't uh, know. That. I don't want off the reservation. Let's <laughs> Led Zeppelin cover band covering another band's song. It's very strange. And then we fast forward to 2003 and we've got Rob Zombie on the House of a Thousand Corpses soundtrack. <sighs> Rob. Um, and Mr. He, he collaborated with Lionel Richie on that cover, who, as we said, did not sing vocals on the original. That was so he finally gave he finally Lionel got, he finally a chance. Got his chance See, so. I think Lionel that was his revenge. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, "You're gonna do a song without me? I'm gonna okay. do one with Rob I'm gonna, Zombie. I'm gonna wish you never wrote that song. I'm gonna make you wish you never ever had anything to do with oh, that man. song." All right. Hell yeah, Lionel. <laughs> All right, Nick, Great what, what do we got next on the soundtrack? We have got track number four. This is Wild Cherry with Play That Funky Music White Boy. I don't know who the music supervisor on this film is, but uh, we already have two tracks of white bands appropriating like black music. <laughs> I that, that's <laughs> to great a great success, but uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but that's a song that I've never been able to get on board with. I I enjoy it, especially the the vocals are kitschy, but the like I feel like the song is so good. I always identified with that song. <laughs> I feel like um, people have uh, asked me to play that funky music when I was a DJ back in college, and uh, supposedly the <laughs> like the uh, the origins of the track is that uh, it was somebody was heckling the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> There's a, another musical artist, uh, another uh, total genius that uh, latched onto this song, uh, Vanilla Ice. Oh, that's right. people has a uh, interesting <laughs> yeah. cover of this. Let's hear a little bit of that. With you, and later in the night, you know I'd like to pursue something real sexy and nice. Play that funky music, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Uh, vanilla Ice. He's always uh, made interesting decisions. Has he ever done anything that's original? We are not sure. Uh, you should listen to his album Bipolar. Uh, it's his rock album. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think this is one of the, the songs that uh, Suge Knight uh, shook down Vanilla Ice for the rights to. Oh my god, I would be scared of that guy if I was a... Yeah, you should be. Uh, if if uh, you know Suge Knight came in here and demanded the rights to uh, track listing, I think we would <laughs> uh, very quickly just be like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good deal for everybody. We just want everybody to be happy and get, you know just don't drop me off this balcony." And uh, right. 
Yeah, he like yeah, dangled yeah. some person off a balcony. Yeah, no, vanilla ice. Dangled Rob Van Winkle. He held him by his ankles over the balcony. And then there's an interview with Vanilla Ice like, no, we had a great conversation. <laughs> but cle- like, clearly he was terrified because it had just happened. And then like years later and Shugnat was in jail. And then uh, like, you know, Vanilla Ice was like, yeah, no, he, he tried to kill me. <laughs> he's in jail? You sure he's in jail? Oh, yeah, he tried to kill me. Wow. Um, Music is a cutthroat industry. Oh, man. Oh, my God. This song's playing when uh, they literally ask Neil Patrick Harris, like, are you ready to play some funky music, white boy? <laughs> and then he, uh, Neil Patrick Harris rips out somebody's heart and then somebody else's spine. <laughs> it's uh, I'll say hyper-violent. My, my least favorite parts of the film is, is not just the Neil Patrick Harris parts, but uh, whenever a white character is doing, like, the Robin Williams, like talking like a black guy type of humor yeah. where like chris Catan does it a lot chris it's, it, it it was funny to me because the terms he was using are already so outdated <laughs> he's like why are you dissing me man like don't step to me step off and you're like what? Oh, dissing just, step off it's, such a, it's yeah. just so hacky like yo 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 this <laughs> like, is like the <laughs> oldest way to talk <laughs> you know, i don't know yeah, uh, Chris Kattan's. I I thought he was pretty funny in this movie because, like, the thing is, <laughs> you know, he's secretly wanting to be a black person, I guess, or like secretly yeah. wanting to to get in on black culture. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris was just the token white guy. There's a part in this movie, I guess, he gets stoned. They're like, "You need to relax," and then Dave Chappelle, who we'll talk about in a bit, gives him some pot, and apparently he got actually stoned for that part in the movie <laughs> and he's like yeah i think it backfired on me uh i just got paranoid and i was like bad at acting and you can tell like he looks uncomfortable during like a few scenes where he just his eyes are just squinty but uh it's bananas <laughs> yeah it was a bad move on his part all right nikki what do we got next we are coming in on track number five this is james brown with say it loud i'm black and i'm proud This is an era of James Brown that I like quite a bit. It's like that fucking the tight band, tight backing band. It's all groove. Mm-hmm. We should say that James Brown appears in this film. He's in this movie. He does a <laughs> That's little. Right. Does some dancing. Yeah. On a nice hardest, marble floor. Hardest working man in show this. And then uh, there, you know, it's one of the one of the funny payoffs is that it turns out that it's Eddie Griffin in disguise, and he just like <laughs> That's feels right. the, rips his <laughs> There's but, a uh, famous uh, James Brown clip that I always go back to. It's the uh, you can watch it on YouTube. It's the live concert footage of his show uh, live in Zaire. It was that promotional show that they did for the uh, Rumble in the Jungle mm-hmm. uh, fight, and uh, it's like one of the best. <laughs> performance i don't say. think i've ever seen this what is oh, it what's yeah. going on in this? he just immediately no, it's it's just like the best thing. He, he just comes out on stage <laughs> and is just like killing it this is like doing the splits like singing great oh, yeah man my buddy uh christian 
Hughes, a uh, very funny comedian. Check him out. He's saying he saw uh, James Brown in concert with his parents when he was like, you know, in middle school. And, you know, they do the uh, like, oh, like you, you're tired. Let's oh, yeah. put the cloak on you. He said he did that like. 10 minutes into the concert he's like no (laughs) they did it like 12 times in the concert and people went nuts every time it's such a good move it's such a good like (laughs) oh I'm an old man I'm tired no (laughs) where was it that James Brown was playing a concert and Michael Jackson's in the audience and so he's like got a very good man Michael Jackson come up on stage oh yeah it was a uh, it was a tribute concert and uh, he invited up well, Michael Jackson was like, there's also a guy named Prince in the audience. That's right. And Prince came on stage Prince. and Prince tried to outdo Michael Jackson. And Prince is doing some weird moves. <laughs> well, apparently he... And then he just tries to destroy the set as he's on his way off the stage. It's pretty insane. <laughs> well, and it, it put James Brown in a very awkward position because he, he called up Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson's like, there's somebody else in the audience. Get him up here. And then he's like, okay, yeah, there's a, there's a what's his name? Prince? Yeah, get Prince up here. And then they, uh, they hand Prince a guitar and apparently it was a left-handed guitar. Oh. <laughs> and he sounds really, like, it's like... It's, it sounds terrible. <laughs> like it's like a screaming cat. So then he yeah. just like rips his shirt off and tries to do these sexy moves and uh, then just runs off stage and starts and destroying stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then James Brown's like, okay, thank you for that. Like, yeah, what? Right, is thank you, thank you. <laughs> Commercial. Yeah. Come on, guys. Like, I don't get the youth today. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, Nikki, where are we at? Up next, we've got track number six. This is the OJs with Love Train. OJs are one of my favorite uh, soul groups. Yeah, that's uh, pure fire. It's that Philly soul. Some people credit this as the first disco hit. Oh, Um, interesting. There's some earlier like disco tracks, but this is 1972. Yeah, that's pretty early. Yeah, earlier than I thought. Jeez. I really wish that this song hasn't been licensed for like uh, all those like Coors Light commercials or whatever. It's ruined Um, by like thinking (laughs) an icy Coors Light train is going to show up in your hometown. Yeah. (laughs) And solve <laughs> solve the world's problems with binge drinking. <laughs> what part of the movie is this? That happens when um, I guess they say uh, only a team wins championships. Teamwork. And this is Project Protect James Brown. This is um, so. If you haven't seen the movie, there is a secret organization called Brotherhood that is uh, you know made of black people like trying to. I don't know. What, what would you say? They're, they're to, fighting the man. They're fighting the man, which is also an a actual, secret. An actual person. There's an actual shadowy man that is like trying to subvert black people. And uh, some of the key figures in uh, Brotherhood, which is an acronym for, I don't know if we ever get what the acronym is. <laughs> I don't know. You never but do. The, but there's Chief, uh, there's Sister Girl, there's Conspiracy Brother, and there's Smart Brother, and then they uh, incorporate Undercover Brother into it. And there's uh, Neil Patrick Harris is the intern. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't Lance. I didn't even know that Dave Chappelle was gonna be in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And when you first see him, you don't know how big of a party he's gonna be. He's huge in this, yeah. 
he's the funniest part of every scene that he's in yeah i, I would say eddie griffin is probably my least favorite part of this movie. oh really i thought eddie griffin was fine i thought he's fine but he i thought a pretty that, good job but dave Chappelle's just always like killing it i was trying yeah. to think this might be the funniest like i love half-baked but i think that dave Chappelle's funnier in this yeah, i agree he's yeah. a conspiracy yeah. brother and like you know eddie griffin's like good morning and he's like good <laughs> do you know what good means <laughs> it's like yeah I mean, just someone that's gone like way too deep and like the uh you know it, it reminds me of like the black israelites sort of thing if you ever in new york look up like louis thoreau's interview with the black israelites they're like beethoven black man uh, like King George the first, black man. <laughs> you're like, I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't, you know, I don't think so. But like, Shakespeare, absolutely yeah. black. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess they're. Uh, the whole plot is that Billy D. Williams is running for president, but all of a sudden takes a hard right turn, and he's like, "I'm going to open up a fried chicken restaurant," and everyone's like something's what? not right yeah, here this can't be right so they investigate and it turns out he's been mind controlled by chris Catan and the man by a uh, a mysterious drug a mysterious yeah. serum yes, yes. billy d williams is a little bit of a colin powell character mm-hmm. he's yeah, like he's a loosely based general. retired general yeah mm-hmm. and a candidate for first viable candidate to be a president of the united states mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah it was like at one part i'm like oh it's it's so nice to know that we did get a black president yeah. watching this. And then I was like, yeah, and then we're just packing this shit again. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, I, and, and, you know, if I say this incorrectly, please edit this part out, Nick. But like, it's interesting to see this movie. It's 2002 and our, our previous episode, we did Tropic Thunder. And you would think uh, a movie tackling issues like this would have aged pretty badly, but it's almost refreshing in that it seems like quaint compared yeah. to like yeah, how gross race relations kind of got uh especially in the last like year and a half <laughs> you know like in 2002 you're like oh yeah we have our differences but like it seems like we're getting you know we're moving in the right direction and then we did get a black brother you're like oh yeah. wait, see we were moving in the new. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> Do you guys want to hear some of track seven? Yeah, yeah. please. What do we got? This is Earth, Wind, and Fire with Whatever Happened. That isn't exactly what I was expecting to hear from Earth, Wind, and Fire, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I, I will maintain that they are one of the best bands. Oh my I God. was going to say, yeah, love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I don't, I'm not familiar with this track. This sounds like it might be maybe more recent than we'd like to think. It's always been nagging in the back of my mind, like, why Earth, Wind, and Fire? There's no water. Yeah. And it's like, what well, is like... And I think I found... It's kind of boring. Half an explanation <laughs> that it's it was tied to astrology, because they were all like... You know, it was like the early 70s or whatever, and it's all about what sign you were. So it was something to do mm. with signs of like band members. Oh, they were, they were all earth, wind, earth, wind or earth fire signs. Or maybe it's just one person. You know, I, I'm, I'm not big on astrology. Well, you can't be know. all three signs. You can be an earth sign, a wind sign, or a fire sign. I don't fucking know. 
I'm just saying. Or a water sign. <laughs> yeah, you can and be none a water of, sign. None of them in the band were water signs. I guess signs. none of them were water signs. I've seen Earth, Wind, Fire uh, uh, in Lucky? concert. Yeah, at a debutante party. Do they play uh, <laughs> all the hits? All the hits, baby. Uh, and Do you remember? The main guitarist, was, I think he passed away. But uh, he was sweating, like, more so than any human being I've ever seen. <laughs> and, like, jarring, like, clearly on just, like, a pound of cocaine. Like, oh, man. I was going to say, I've played a couple of shows where I've, like, had a fever and just had to, like, power through. <laughs> maybe, and it is I mean, not a good look. Maybe that's what was going on. But, man, he was sweating out of his white jumpsuit. <laughs> and then, like, I have heard in uh, in a lot of, like, their, um, their live performances, they're, like, hooked up to wires and they, like, fly around the stage. <laughs> Stuff. Like, oh man that looks so fun but they, they were amazing they were really good guys we are about halfway through the soundtrack i think Ooh. we're coming up on a break it's time for a break i did put together a special game for you guys after the break special game. so uh stage. halloween themed this is yet another halloween no it's not halloween Spooky. themed we're uh i probably well into november at this point uh also at the end of the episode we are going to add a song to the track listing spotify playlist our favorite sibling song mm-hmm. sibling song in honor of undercover brother so stick with us stay tuned hey thank you guys for listening to the track listing podcast as always we want to hear from you hey, hey. hey. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Welcome to our ad. Uh, <laughs> how can they uh, reach out to us, Chris? Well, you can find us on Instagram. That is at tracklistingpodcast. You can Gmail us. Do people, uh, it's 2020 now. I don't know if people email anymore. But if, if, if you want Gmail, it's uh, tracklistingpodcast at gmail.com. And rate and review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And make sure to follow our uh, official Spotify tracklisting playlist on Spotify. Get on that iTunes and try to balance out our one, one-star review. Yeah, who did that? <laughs> hey! hey! Thanks for listening. We love y'all. Welcome back to Undercover Brother, but before we get back, we do have a game prepared by our very own Caleb Brown. Take it away, Caleb. Thank you, Nikki. In honor of Undercover Brother, I thought I just had to bring back an old game. Maybe the first game we ever played, uh, Covers Blown. Oh. Covers Blown. So we're going to play Covers, Covers Blown Brothers Edition. We do this a few different ways. Uh, This time I'm going to give you a song by an artist, and then I'm going to give you three options of people who covered it. Okay. Mm -hmm. To varying success. I'll let you uh, decide that once you hear it. And the answer will be the cover. And uh, you guys can either compete against each other or collaborate. I think we'll be on the same team. Okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah, let's collaborate. Brothers. Brotherhood. Yeah. All right, four rounds. Round one, uh, a song a song I like quite a bit by the Doobie Brothers, Long Train Running. You guys know this song? How's it go? Without love. Where would you be now? Where would you be now? Yeah. All right. Okay. 1973, a uh, song peaked at number eight on the Billboard Top 100. But... I remember it. My question for you is, was it covered by A, Bananarama, B, The Cranberries, or C, Blind Melon? Ooh, you want to step outside for a sec here, Nick? Yeah, let's, uh, let me just uh, get some music yeah, here. Just, 
I don't know why you guys always have to keep the secret from your deliberations. Okay, let's step outside. Let's just step do, under do, the table. Do you mind? Okay, we're under the table. A long train running a Doobie Brothers. Doobie uh, Brothers. My dad listened to that track. I know, 72. Classic yeah. dad track. Do, 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 uh, 1973. All right, so we've got... How can he still hear us? Can he still hear us? Okay, so let's go further under the table. We've got okay. <laughs> Bananarama and Cranberries or Blind Melon. Uh, Blind Melon... Blind Melon sounds right, but I think it's a trick. Mm-hmm. Uh... Bananarama, I love. And Caleb knows that. Oh, they did that great song we've been jamming on recently. Uh, Robert De Niro's, Robert De Niro's Waiting. Waiting. Yeah. yeah, great track. Cool summer. They may, they maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, cranberries, maybe cranberries. I think it's one of the two. I think it's Bananarama or cranberries because I feel like there's an invisible connection between the two of them. I can just hear that cranberries wail. Let's do the cranberries. Okay. You know? Hey, we're, we're in this together. Um, For the record, the connection is a fruit connection. It's oh, fruit sorry. It's a little hot <laughs> under that table. <laughs> yeah. The invisible connection. Is yeah. the, oh, hey. Fruit, fruit um, hey, Caleb. How's it going? I don't uh, know if you could hear us. But, so uh, I, I think I heard uh, you guys locked in with the cranberries. Let's hear maybe the cranberries with Long Train Running. Here's the answer to round one. my ears that's sounding pretty banana rama that is pretty banana banana rama with an okay cover oh, of long train long train running a lot of fruits involved all right all right no points man <laughs> but you guys are warmed up for round two round two feeling good feeling good yeah. the isley brothers you guys like the isley brothers i love the isley brothers one of their yeah. biggest hits it's your thing if you guys like it okay it's your thing do what you want to do Mm-hmm. So that uh, It's Your Thing from 1969. It was a song about uh, them leaving Motown Records, and more specifically, it was kind of a fuck you to Barry Gordy. Sorry, Barry. <laughs> Barry Gordy. Uh, so my question to you uh, was, It's Your Thing covered by A, Scritti Politti, B, Milli Vanilli, or C, Oingo Boingo? <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Chris, Chris, do you want to hit us with an invisible connection? Ooh, Let's uh, maybe I, go down the street nothing's here. Nothing's coming to head. Let's go to mine. What was the first band? I don't know. Scritti Politti. Scritti Politti. I don't think I've ever even heard of that band. Uh, what? You might recognize one of their songs. I think maybe they were a Swedish band or something like. It's kind of like a uh, over the top '80s synth pop band. Okay. Okay. Um, Millie Vanilli or Millie Vanilli never sang any of their own songs. That, of course. That. Uh, I'm hovering around Millie Vanilli. I don't think Oingo Boingo... Danny Elfman... I think he's got too much on his shoulders. He's got too much. He's got the Simpsons theme going around. Yeah, he's got Simpsons stuff. <laughs> homegrown <laughs> Simpsons stuff. Homegrown Simpsons stuff. <laughs> um, Scritti Politti. Um, I think I'm going to go Scritti Politti just for uh, just for the Millie Vanilli of it. You know what? I'm going to... I'm going to let go of your hand for a second, and I'm going to go Millie Vanilli. Oh, man, that was yeah. tight. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm sweating. Yeah. All right, round two. <laughs> this is It's Your Thing by Oingo Boingo. Maybe. No, let's find out what it is. Okay, here we go. Sounds like any of the three bands. That is uh, Millie Vanilli. Yeah, okay. All right. It's, uh, well, it's, oh, man. Should have kept holding hands. <sighs> Bad cover. They were too fragile for fame. Um, 
Well, we don't really know who was singing, but <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> it's like the, and it, it's an episode of unsolved mysteries. Who sang Millie Vanilli song? They know who sang him, and uh, but was it the same people on every track? Ooh, good question. I, I think it was, but uh, they might have brought in the Isley Brothers to do the vocal. <laughs> there was like a Bernard <laughs> Purdy situation where some guys just like, yeah, I sang all the Millie Vanilli songs. Yeah, yeah, prove me wrong. All right, one point to Chris. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we got a couple of more rounds here to shape up. I feel like I might have successfully driven a wedge between you two. We'll see. Round three. I saw a poster on the side of the studio, so maybe Chris, uh, maybe Nick will have a, an idea. Uh-oh. The Almond Brothers mm-hmm. uh, had a track called Midnight Rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at the poster right now. From 1970. <laughs> it was a second single off their second album. How's that one go, Caleb? I'm not... <laughs> I actually don't <laughs> remember the vocals for this one. <laughs> okay. All right. Very helpful. <laughs> Uh, but it was their second single off of their sophomore album. Okay. Was Midnight Rider covered by Blink-182, 311, or UB-40? All right. Uh, Chris, let's hold hands again. Let's hold hands again. <laughs> Both hands, okay. Um, track well, listing gods in us, through us, within us. Uh, give us the strength to choose. <laughs> um, we've got Almond Brothers. Were they? Was it covered by Blink One Eighty Two, Three Eleven, or UB Forty? So, UB Forty was like Red Red Wine. Yeah, Three Eleven, such classics as uh, All Mixed Up and um, Amber is the color of energy. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, Blink One Eighty Two, obviously. Just don't need to say I mean, anything. What do we need to say? Um, <laughs> it would be kind of insane if Blink One Eighty Two covered an Almond Brothers song. See, Blink-182 and 311 seem linked. That's the invisible link. Yeah. Uh, and it UB could be numbers. also has a number in it. <laughs> but it UB, has letters. Yeah, they all have, they all um, I feel like UB-40, maybe, because they were a cover band. Uh, they did Red Red Wine, which was really um, a song by... Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Neil, Get out of here. Neil Diamond. What? Caleb. What? I'm trying to help. <laughs> I'm going to go 311 on this one. Okay. I'm going to go UB40. All right. Let's hear Blink-182 with Midnight Rider. No, let's hear this. <laughs> Here's the answer to round three. And I'm bound to keep on riding. And I got one more. I'm going to go ahead and say that that Blink is... Blink-182. Uh, yeah, yeah. Blink-182. UB40. UB40. <laughs> Chris has really adopted a kind of uh, the conspiracy brother is like seeping yeah. into his brain. He's starting to see patterns everywhere and yeah. it's working for him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, careful not to get the uh, Jim Carrey 23 syndrome. <laughs> You'll be 40. 40 days, 40 All nights. Right. <laughs> Josh Hartnett. Heart of darkness. <laughs> All right. This is the fourth and final round. Um, this is a song by the Everly Brothers Okay, called All I Have to Do is Dream. Uh, do you guys know how that goes? I've, yeah. Somebody sing it. <laughs> dream, 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 dream. I'm scared already. All right. From 1958. It's actually been Pretty spooky. <laughs> a little bit of trivia. It's been covered by 173 different artists. Uh, but my question to you is whether this Everly Brothers classic was covered by A, OK Go, okay. B, Good Charlotte, God. or C, The Dandy Warhols. Dandy. Well, Chris, here we are. All right. Into the line. Okay. Um, you want to trust me on one of these? What about if it's covered by all three? Ooh, Maybe. that could be a trick. Yeah, a little uh, hipster is, bear trap. Is he that devious? Um, I think Dandy Warhols. I'm thinking about their 
for a band to cover a song from 1958, they would probably be the most likely. I don't think OK Go has any interest in... uh, It doesn't sound like something OK Go would do, but I could be wrong. Good Charlotte Charlotte might, like, you know, jazz it up a bit with some They're busy putting hair gel on. You know, they don't really (laughs) have time for this thing. Yeah, I would go Dandy Warhols with you on this one. Let's do it. Let's go down together. Let's do it. Let's hear the answer to round four. That is the Dandy Warhols. There she goes. I was going to say, was that Foster the People, maybe? (laughs) Dandy Warhols was probably my least favorite of all these covers. All right. (laughs) Coming in strong at the end. Good job. Especially to Chris. Out of 157, that's 156 on the the charts. Uh, One little piece of trivia that I came across putting together this, uh, this game that I wasn't able to work in anything is that the Isley Brothers have covered the Doobie Brothers and the Doobie Brothers have covered the Isley Brothers. Yeah. That is sick. The snake eats its own <laughs> tail. Well, thank you, Caleb, for the hey, game. Thanks for playing. Great. I feel good. I feel invincible. I feel like I can do anything. <laughs> Ready to tackle the rest of the Undercover Brother soundtrack. Yeah. Let's do it. We are coming back in on track number eight. This is Gil Scott Heron with The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. A lot of information there from Gil's God Heron. That's <laughs> a classic track. It's a kind of proto-hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, Got a little bit of like a Talking Heads vibe going in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, there when was... When will it be televised? <laughs> <laughs> How, How did I get it? <laughs> uh, I think there there was original version uh, on his first album that I think was just him with some bongos and something else. And then the second version he put out, which became kind of a bit of a hit. Yeah. Or kind yeah. of iconic 70s track. But th- I think the thing is, I disagree. I think the revolution will be televised. And I think that there will be sponsors. You know, and I think it'll be like... If you want to, um, <laughs> if you uh, press subscribe now, if you want to join the faction that's going to overthrow the government, <laughs> like smash that subscribe button if you want to yeah. storm the White House. <laughs> this is playing when uh, they enter Brotherhood for the first time. Um, if you remember the secret uh, blackness acquired, the handshake device oh, that, that comes okay. out. That that's was like a very silly, very a silly gag that actually got me pretty good. I liked this, it. This whole movie is very Mad TV. I feel like <laughs> it's, it's the, on the same level that I think a lot of Mad TV jokes were. I guess Dave Chappelle we've talked about, but this is pre-Chappelle show. Yeah. Post Half Baked, and yeah, he's hilarious. He's, he's so good really, in this. really funny. I love Dave Chappelle, uh, and I like kind of the woke Dave Chappelle that he is now, but I do miss like the the more innocent, fresh-faced Chappelle before the yeah. Hollywood system ate him alive. And well, he, just, like, he used to like 
kind of like a sellout for for gags a little bit more yeah in yeah. like a good way like he's he's so fun when he just like goes over the top and i'm kind of <laughs> i'm a little bothered by the way he's always smoking it's yeah. like are you like trying to do like a like a fucking lower east side like you know there should be like you know kind of like gil scott heron where there should be yeah. bongos in the back and he's just like doing like <laughs> yeah i think his like last two most recent comedy specials that's kind of the vibe going on Man. And he's like pretty swole. Yeah, he was as well. <laughs> he's jacked as hell. He's yeah. like big. He's living in Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania, and then I mean, people are just like living the dream. <laughs> he looks and sounds like a different human being too. Um, <laughs> I, I saw him at uh, I saw him at the Gramercy Theater, and uh, he did maybe thirty minutes of stand up, and then like two hours of like just talk, just hanging out, just hanging out, and like it was all like interesting stuff. But I was with a friend and. After about like two hours of that, I was like, should we just go? And she was like, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Like there's nothing. And yeah, chain smoking the whole time. And then like just finishing glasses of tequila. That's mm-hmm. what he said he was drinking. And by the end of it, he would lose his place <laughs> and then like kind of find it. Mm-hmm. And then like make a good point. But like there were these long pauses where he would just kind of... And, and well, so what I mean is, and then he would like go back to it, but it was, it was hard to watch after, after I saw him on the, uh, the Def Jam comedy, uh, tribute show. Mm-hmm. I think you can watch on Netflix and, uh, it's the same kind of vibe. He was being pretty stubborn. He was taking his time. Yeah. He was just like, come on, Dave, get it together. Yeah. I mean, you feel bad for everything he's gone through, which was like, I mean, hating the fact that he was famous yeah yeah yeah. boohoo it is it is weird how uh chappelle show like those bits became they they got absorbed into like uh no no offense chris but like frat culture it was like kind of this college like (laughs) excuse me no in a way where it's like what bros would just be like yeah it was like a it became bro comedy for some reason that has nothing to do with dave chappelle it was yeah. like it was very uh, barrier breaking comedy, you know. Yeah, he yeah. was like a Def Jam comic that crossed over into the mainstream, and he it was, was like very yeah. palatable for a lot of white kids. And but all the like the Rick James stuff, and yeah. like things became like weird catchphrases that had they weren't catchphrases at all. But yeah. people would just the skits were so funny they'd watch them over and over, and then they started like yelling fucking like i'm rick james just like uh he's like i'm with my kids yeah come on yeah yeah neil brennan may have had something to do with that as well Mm. but um how you guys feeling about track number nine let's check it out i'm pretty pretty excited this is carl carlton with she's a bad mamma jamma she's built she's stacked Ooh, yeah, that was a, uh, a track I discovered uh, a little bit later in life for some reason. Ooh. And uh, yeah, really hit home. It's a great song. Love that track. Carl it's Carlton, I think, uh, when he was young, he was kind of marketed as a little bit of an off-brand Stevie Wonder. Yeah, you can he hear that like a, uh, influence in like the bass line and kind of yeah. the progression. And the vo- like his vocal stylings and also the, I think he was a little bit of a child prodigy. But uh, at this point, he's like, <laughs> he's like this big like good looking dude not that like stevie wonders and good looking but this guy like his album cover is just like the he kind of looks like a 
calendar model a little bit. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think he won a Grammy for this. He had a pretty. He was like maybe a little bit of a one hit wonder or two two hit wonder. I think he had another big hit. But uh, yeah, there are, there are a bunch of uh, amazing album covers of just like. <laughs> oiled up black dudes in the funk era just like shirtless guys are just like like oh jesus uh this is playing when um i guess undercover brother and anton jackson i guess is his undercover name for a while um he has a hot sauce dispenser in his watch and he uses that to escape and this is when um he and denise richards who i guess we can talk about uh, Denise, kind of running off together. <laughs> um, her, her title name in the uh, in the in the credits is White She Devil. So when I <laughs> refer to her as that, it's it's what she, it's what her name is, it's White She Devil. But yeah, she would have been um, either have just married Charlie Sheen or uh, maybe about to marry Charlie Sheen at this point. So is this before or after she was a Bond girl? Probably after. after yeah, after. after. What is that? World is not enough. That she was the Bond girl, where yeah. she plays this a, is after a star- doctor or a scientist, uh, no, Starship was Troopers, a this nuclear is physicist, <laughs> nuclear physicist, yeah. uh, Christmas Jones or something. And then yeah, and then she's with Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> oh, dude, in Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, uh, right? And th- that was before this as well. So. Starship Troopers is a great movie. Her oh. hair is. I don't know what's happened with her hair in that one. It's like fucking uh, Captain Janeway Star Star Trek hair, yeah, slicked back. <laughs> yeah, but kind of up. Yeah, yeah, a little bump. Yeah, it's, it's called a, a bump. Weird look, but it is a nightmarish future. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking about the. Um, there's a lot of. Uh, I guess to be undercover, you have to eat white people food. Uh, when undercover brother <laughs> pretends to be like, uh, you know, hey, hey, this is how <laughs> I'm a white guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't talk like that. Yeah, know? what is? Uh, so I have a question for you guys. You guys are both white. Uh, yeah, yeah, I never knew the mayonnaise uh, thing. It, stereotype it, i guess it was something that like i was told by deaf jam comedians that i was um it was part of my culture and i embraced it okay. <laughs> it was a stereotype i embraced because <laughs> i didn't grow up with much mayonnaise i don't really know what's going on with that yeah i don't know that was kind of a weird scene for me but yeah when uh you, I mean, know, you his, guys are from texas so it's like spicy food is you know when she makes the yeah. uh sandwich for him he's like extra mayonnaise yeah i'm saying the um i guess the sound design on that's very like <laughs> <laughs> So oh yeah, gross. very unsettling. Yeah, he, That's the, the type of sound that uh, Nick works very hard to make sure that doesn't come through on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've yeah. been reviled by a bite of a sandwich in a, in a yeah, movie for a while. Got mayonnaise but, yeah, the sound of us eating our mayonnaise sandwiches to uh, gear up for the pod. Try to filter that out. That is one part of that bit that I really liked is that they were in this like fancy fucking restaurant and she had ordered, I guess, like a tuna fish sandwich on white bread. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, God, yeah. With a side of mayonnaise. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah, I guess this is the stereotype is that like uh black people like like hot sauce and spicy mm-hmm. things and white people like just bland like no like i guess white people potato salad is always like crappy like don't yeah. don't put raisins in your potato salad that's like horrific speaking of side dishes how about uh track number 10 this is <laughs> working off the rails here sorry <laughs> this is cool in the gang it was an honest question i don't <laughs> no, know no 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 it's mean, mayonnaise a thing no no it was just <laughs> it'd be funny if i went on a tangent like yeah and then like <laughs> well in a, a typical barbecue i guess uh you know people bring cheese what jello is that a that's that's a white people thing or is that <laughs> cool in the gang ladies night <laughs> Everywhere from New York to Hollywood, it's Lady 
like a disco beat with like hand claps. I'm uh, I'm just a sucker for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Cool and the Gang are great. This is kind of late career, later career. Cool and the Gang. It's a great sound. I have to admire its tenacity in really describing what Ladies Night is all about. <laughs> Uh, especially when we recommend tracks, it's always on a theme and I go through like my music library of what are the songs that I'm really listening to. And so many of them are just like kind of vague songs about maybe it's a little bit of a love song. There's nothing like specific it's really about. Uh, and sometimes you're like, just have to pick something out of the title. It's like, oh, well then I guess it's kind of this one. It's almost so on the head. It's insane. <laughs> it's so laser focused on what's great about lazy night. It almost, it almost feels like it was like commissioned by like a, a chain of bars to be like we got to get people in on ladies night tell them why they should come and and cool in the game is like this is a special night only for ladies yeah. it's like maybe like scoring like the best commercial you've ever heard for like a local bar and grill there are two uses of this song that I, I can't get out of my head. And one of them is John Lovitz in uh, The Wedding Singer going like, <laughs> Ladies Night, sophisticated oh, yeah. mama. <laughs> just like the creepiest guy ever. And then there's a, um, a YouTube video I saw of like a public access show. And it's like, it's like a latter Lawrence Welk show, but it's like um, Chowelski time or something. And it's like, uh, we have a uh, very... A uh, very nice young lady named uh, Jessica, and she's 14 years old, and she's gonna dance to a song. So let's let's hear it for Jessica. And it's the most awkward, like <laughs> awkward girl comes out and dances to Ladies' Night for like you know the entirety of the song. And I'll 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 post a link to it on my Instagram or on the Trackistic Instagram. But it is um, uh, it's a joy to watch because she's she's really getting after it. Her moves are great, but it's just funny, <laughs> like just awkward. It's kind of like uh, it's genius with bands. Like sometimes I feel like they're doing it uh, intentionally, and sometimes maybe it's accidentally. But it's like if we could just write like a really good like St. Patrick's Day song, mm-hmm. and it's something that'll just get like every St. Patrick's Day. If it's like even a nominal hit, it'll get like play every year. Yeah, and this is like a little bit in that like they must have had a huge <laughs> burst of like people playing this song mm-hmm. to advertise, you know, oh, Wednesday yeah. nights or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Pretty genius. I feel like of all the cool in the gang songs that uh, get played, this one isn't played often enough. Not enough. Yeah. That's a, it's a groove. Um, who was uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot? He did that jump on it song that was like, well, if I mention every city in the United States, then I'm <laughs> bound to get some airplay in some places. Something's like, going to happen. Dallas, yeah. jump on it. And we're like, ah, we're from Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do we got next? How are you guys feeling about track 11? I feel good about this song. Yeah, I think so, too. Had to think about I feel, it. Uh, <laughs> Had to check my notes. Yeah. How do I feel? Yeah. I feel good. This is Cheryl Lynn with Got to Be Real. <laughs> Another jam here. This uh, song got to be real. Uh, one of the co-writers on the song is uh, David Pache of uh, Toto. 
And uh, David Pache wrote, uh, you know, Africa and uh, Rosanna. So I'm just kind of imagining like Toto. This is a song that he pitched to uh, Steve Lukather and the Porcaros and uh, they weren't really into it. And then it just made its way to this other artist. But it could have been a great Toto song. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a great song. This is like one of the iconic uh, disco songs that never really ages. Mm-hmm. No matter how long, like, like how many times you listen to it. It's, yeah. It really gets old. You may remember the song from the Boogie Nights soundtrack, um, which this song Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, check out our Boogie Nights episode. Yeah, great song. And in this movie, it was used when um, Undercover Brother jumps to avoid the explosion, and they're like, he doesn't have his parachute. And he's like, just wait. Yeah, this is a scene that was stolen from the the MC Hammer cartoon, (laughs) 90s cartoon. So many things. Every episode. So (laughs) many things stolen from the MC Hammer cartoon. (laughs) You guys want to hear some of track 12? Let's do it. This is Mary Jane Girls with All Night Long. And now that I can feel you coming closer to me, I'm not running. Oh, man, I can't wait to get it on. I'm going to give it to you. So, uh, I think I heard a uh, vibroslap at the very end of that track. <laughs> <laughs> this is a song, I think, that was written by Rick James. Mary Jane yeah. Girls were kind of his girl group that he put together. Yeah, mm-hmm. His protégés, yeah. His protégés. Um, Not bad, man. He named them the Mary Jane awesome. Girls. We don't yeah. know why. Uh, <laughs> no he, affiliation. He kind of hilariously, apparently Rick James himself kind of styled them. They're a little bit of like a Spice Girls precursor. Or maybe more like uh, the Village People. Where each uh, each girl had her own thing, where it was like a it was like a supermodel, a dominatrix, like a street smart girl, and yeah. I can't remember what the fourth one was. Mm-hmm. Foxy Force Five. But uh, if you look at photos, at least for this album cover, the like the street smart girl, and mm-hmm. I'm doing this in quotations, is styled just to look like Rick James. <laughs> she has like Rick James's hair. The hair. It's oh, really yeah. creepy. She's got, like the, the what is it? The braids with the little like shoelace thing on the end uh, yeah. I'm trying I'm, tr- I'm trying to imagine yeah. like the the meeting where he's like and then you're like a street smart cool chick and she's like oh yeah like kind of like this is like um well here just put put this on here put on my top and then you gotta have your hair I mean you see how my hair is and she's like wait am I you and I mean Rick, Rick James was like you know such the man for uh, a point in time and uh, I think Chris and I were watching a clip a couple of weeks ago um, MTV has like put out some uh, clips on YouTube from like the mid 80s it's mm-hmm. called it's a new series called You Had to Be There and they're talking to Rick James after like I think it was the 1985 uh, Video Music Awards mm-hmm. and he's super intelligent he's super oh well spoken he's super classy yeah that, and you know he was just riding high for so long and it's such a shame that you know things kind of just spiraled for him started kidnapping people yeah that, that's the thing yeah he was such a uh, an intelligent dude and like a musical virtuoso so well spoken yeah uh it's might have been high <laughs> yeah and then, and then just all you know cocaine's a powerful drug yeah, I mean, cocaine's a hell of a drug like oh, it, it's, it's dave Chappelle doing rick james also we can give a shout out too <laughs> all i'm saying is that uh 
Rick James definitely, it was a Liberace situation with this uh, one of the members, <laughs> Mary <laughs> yeah, Jane Girls. Grooming her to look oh, like no. him. <laughs> did, did you guys watch that uh, Behind the Candelabra? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most terrifying Scott. stories. <laughs> where he's like getting his partner to get plastic surgery to look more like himself. Well, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> Is that not now the dream? Now you're me. <laughs> Ugh. We all want to do that, right? <laughs> oh man, terrifying! <laughs> if you do look up the, uh, the so unsettling. <laughs> if you do look up the cover of uh, the Mary Jane Girls, one of the albums in particular, yeah, she's wearing like a gray, like business suit with the Rick James hairdo, and then there's like one girl that's like, "I'm a biker," <laughs> and then one girl's like, "I look like I'm a I'm a uh, debutante sort of person," and I'm a schoolgirl. <laughs> funny if one was like uh just like you know you got the street smart girl you got like the the tough girl and one's like demolitions expert <laughs> just like, <laughs> like what yeah you should be a band manager chris i you know i keep saying that how are you guys feeling about track number 13 i can't wait to hear this one this is stanley clark and lamont van hook with the theme from undercover brother from undercover brother a little bit of a questionable production uh style choice on that song but you can hear a little bit of stanley clark's uh signature uh particular way that he slaps uh did you say a little bit (laughs) (laughs) you know it's a a bass line with some singing in the background (laughs) yeah stanley clark uh definitely (laughs) one of the uh most important bass players of all time for sure apparently there's there's some story i think maybe i heard victor wooten telling the story but Mm -hmm. um the synthesized bass line in Michael Jackson's uh, Speed Demon, which is kind of impossible to play. Apparently, uh, Victor Wooten has said he's he said that he's heard Stanley Clark uh, play that bass line. He's playing and it. He's like, legend. I, I, how it. is that possible? Yeah, it's uh, it's a fun theme song. I think to the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, this plays towards the beginning and it shows sort of like a seventies like quick cut and he's doing karate and he's jumping through windows and you know doing kicks and stuff like that. But all, yeah, all the fun parts of black exploitation. I guess <laughs> it's it's a set. You know, it's. A joke song mm-hmm. and uh the bass line <laughs> the bass playing's impressive well so, the song sucks but <laughs> so, you know slap bass has such it's such a polarizing thing you know <laughs> as it's kind of evolved over time where was it the steely dan uh recording session where they wouldn't let him slap and he was like yeah that was the uh the bass player on the uh, session for uh, i think it was peg it was yeah. asia asia is the album name right? yeah for the album asia and um you know he had a partition set up and he was trying to you know play a little slap line in the song and uh donald fagan and walter becker just said like, like you know no, how, no how dare you no slap you can't do the slap That's but uh, you know he was like I, the song needed the slap so i turned around and i slapped and it's all it's what's it's on the record yeah he would like slowly turn away when he was doing the slap thing and then like yeah, they would watch back. him and he would just yeah. turn and this guy plays a bass like a sprinkler what is he doing over there yeah. and then they like, <laughs> they'd go back and listen 
listen and be like, it sounds really good. And he's like, I know. I told them that's what they needed. So, yeah, you can watch that like what classic album on uh, the VH1 thing, or it's it's on Amazon now. I've, I've yeah, which they've the, recently added that classic album series. So yeah, good. I've talked about the Tom Petty one on a previous episode, but the uh, the Steely Dan one is so much nerdier, and they're just like twisting knobs and be like, hear hear that little ting. Yeah, we didn't want that in there, so we we uh, we had to re-edit that out. <laughs> like it's so much more technical. Whereas like Tom Petty's, he's like, yeah, I came in and I jangled out this tune and like it sounded pretty good, so he kept it in the thing. <laughs> and like the Steely Dan guys are just like, oh man, just insanely precise and just it lost me. I, I got yeah, bored. They're, they're the band that would spend you know a day or a week on a snare drum sound <laughs> oh, versus God. like you know Rick Rubin working with Tom Petty on like broken flowers where they would just come in and you know just get it done (laughs) and like never the same band twice (laughs) just a rotating cast of the best musicians of all times but both great yeah both great hey man but uh yeah slap bass it's kind of the same thing as uh like five string bass you know it's kind of like the kind of it's very polarizing Um, You're being very diplomatic. Where do you stand on slap bass? Way in. Yeah. Uh, I think slap bass now can work in like disco, like modern disco electronic songs. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the music that maybe a little before right now, but like Ed Banger Records, Justice, you know, some of that music, they, they employ uh, that sound, but it kind of happens more sporadically through the song. You'll just hear like a slap. Here and there, mm-hmm. like in between the, the, like a, you know, kind of a loud drum beat. Right, I uh, think that works well, but. Quit dancing around the, bo- like, how do you feel about the Seinfeld theme? The Seinfeld theme? <laughs> yeah, that's the real elephant in the room. Yeah. We know you're, uh, you know, you've been avoiding this question. <laughs> well, the thing about the Seinfeld theme <laughs> is that, um, is, is actually something I never realized is the composer for that, um, he would recompose the intro music yeah. for every single episode. And how many episodes are there of Seinfeld? Like, I mean, nine, nine, nine seasons worth, nine seasons worth, 17, 18 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it works well for that 12, show. Episodes. Um, I think it sounds really cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately. But, uh, you know, it's so, kind of a, a little bit of a throwback vibe that if you hear it now. But, uh, you know, I've worked on plenty of sessions where a bass player will show up and maybe, you know, slap and the engineer will just. How no. About, how no, about uh, Call not. Me Al? Isn't Call Me Al have the big uh, slap bass? Yeah, yeah that has like an, an insanely diff- <laughs> difficult. The, the irony is not lost on me that we're doing the Undercover Brother soundtrack and we are basically doing the Caucasian uh, like thing, the Caucasian vision <laughs> thing right now. It's like we've moved from, oh, like I heard a bass slap. Let's talk about Steely Dan and then Seinfeld <laughs> and then uh, Call Me Al. Yeah. Call Me Al, yeah. that's slap bass, right? You know what's great? <laughs> It's like <laughs> a bread and white bread, and, like, a bread and butter sandwich is really good too. Yeah, oh, it's bringing up bad versions of slap bass. Uh, Five string bass, you know, <laughs> six string bass. The music of corn. That's for another podcast. <laughs> but uh, guys, I have uh, some sad news. That was the last track. Oh. It looks like there may be a track fourteen on certain versions of the Undercover Brother soundtrack that are floating around out in the universe. Yeah. Um, a song by Lil J called "I Need Love," um, but that was not on a soundtrack that we could source for this episode. Yeah, yeah. check the premium episode for that. Uh, yeah, behind that the paywall. Behind the paywall. So, <laughs> sadly, we're going to have to review this without knowing its full grandeur. Uh, Chris, do you want to lead off um, out of fifteen? 
what are we what are we rating with we we should really do, always decide on this before we start recording <laughs> we, uh, never, we never do 15, 15 platform shoes 15 uh, slaps 15 slaps 15 chris katans 15 15 15 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are we doing all right yeah uh you know 15 brotherhoods like 15 blowout combs yeah, fifteen blow. Afro combs, fifteen Afro picks, Afro picks, fifteen, uh, fifteen token, mayonnaise token sandwiches, white guys, fifteen mayonnaise. Sandwiches. Oh yeah, yeah sure, yeah, fifteen jars of mayonnaise. Uh, yeah, fifteen mayonnaise. That's what we know 15, best. That's appropriate. <laughs> We're dying the sides, sides of mayonnaise, Side. not a full jar. Yeah, just the, just the <laughs> extra mayonnaise on the side. Fifteen little over. Okay. <laughs> Chris, um, I, how much mayonnaise? I was so. Um, <laughs> oh God! How am I going to edit this? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Why we don't do these? Things. <laughs> it's all recorded to tape. I'm going to have yeah. to get the razor blades out for this one. How much mayonnaise we got? How much mayonnaise are we looking at here? Um, oh, I should also say favorite track, least favorite track. Favorite track, least favorite track. I was so impressed with this album. Uh, I was so impressed with this movie. I think it's held up so well over time. Um, it's as silly and juvenile as a lot of the jokes are. Uh, I, I, I got to mention the. Golf cart chase really—it was so funny. It was oh, so really? Stupid. I didn't like that. <laughs> oh, I thought it was hilarious. Ah, you're, you don't know comedy, man. <laughs> um, I mean, golly, like "Say It Loud" by James Brown is an awesome track. Um, "Brick House" I think has been overplayed a bit. I love "Mary Jane Girls" and I love "Sherilyn's Got to Be Real." I can't—I can't pick one. Uh, I think the worst track might be the unnecessary undercover funk give up the funk by snoop dogg it's it's fine but it's just like i'd just much rather hear give up the funk you know and like snoop dogg it's fine but it's so unnecessary it it makes me not like it so that's my least favorite and um i gotta give this a really strong rating i think it, it works well in the movie the whole movie's got music playing almost the entire time um and there's a lot of songs we didn't mention that are in this movie uh, beat it there's a great fight scene to beat it um oh, that's right and like of course they couldn't get the rights to the soundtrack that. um i'm gonna give this a 13.3 all right yeah 13.3 all right nikki uh favorite song least favorite song how do you feel uh favorite song is a little bit of a toss-up for me between uh, carl carlton uh she's a bad mamma jamma and uh james brown say it loud I'm going to probably say that my favorite track is James Brown. Okay. But uh, very close there. And least favorite song I'm going to have to say is the cover of Give Up the Funk. Great song, but just uh, there's a lot of it's a lot of swampiness going yeah. on. It's unnecessary. Yeah, it's like a, it's a and weird it's too. Thing. Like it's the guy from the band. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess they try to redo. You can't uh, maybe redo something that's so good. It's not worth covering. The music video is wild, too. It's like Eddie Griffin is like morphing into Snoop Dogg and morphing back. It's very strange. Oh, yeah. They're using that like black or white music <laughs> uh, video technology. technology. Yeah, it's very strange. Oh, boy. And then uh, on a scale of zero to 15, uh, jars of mayonnaise, packets of mayonnaise. Little sides of mayonnaise. Little sides of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is the widest podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> on yeah. a uh, on a scale of 0 to 15 side packets of mayonnaise, I'm going to give this a pretty solid rating. Um this is a soundtrack that I would listen to. Yeah. And um yeah. it's a lot of fun. I think it it's not a soundtrack that kind of goes in one ear and out the other. 
I love a lot of the music on here. Uh, a lot of it's influenced the way that I, you know, make dance music. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give this a pretty high rating. I'm going to come in at a uh, 12.9. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, leave it to Undercover Brother to put together some of the best funk songs of all time. And, you know, <laughs> like, it, as inane as the as the movie is, it did bring me a little bit of joy, and, and I do agree it... Uh, it has held up, you know, strangely it's well. Stra- it's not the movie that you think would have held up, but yeah. um, you know, but it does, um, you know, have a lot of parallels to what's going on in the world these days. And uh, yeah, thank you, Chris. All right, I gotta. It's pretty obvious what the worst track is. Uh, the cover, uh, Undercover Funk. We <laughs> are on the, the same funk. page. Yeah, it's right. a real bad cover. And I think Bootsy Collins. I have to listen to it again in its entirety, but I think Bootsy just does his like Bootsy talking at the beginning and parts. He's probably not. They put my yeah. sunglasses. He's probably on not doing cool. like any production on the track. He's in the music video. <laughs> he shows up. <laughs> it's like it's such a cash grab. His <laughs> outfits just look very heavy. Yeah, yeah, I know. God, it's funny. For favorite track, I think I have to pick Love Train because I love the OJ so much. And even though that's a track that's like obviously overplayed and in commercials you're drinking Coors Light right now drinking Coors Light <laughs> we are on brand I'm watching the fucking NFL uh, but it's dude the OJ's are so good so good I can never listen to OJ's enough um, but on a 0 to 15 side back is a mayonnaise at a 0 to 15 actually I think that my criticism is one of the things that uh, Chris said as a compliment which is that these are some of like the best funk songs of all time and that they're very familiar songs that there's I'm going to try it like what are the songs that are like kind of a deep-ish cut is like maybe Mary Jane Girls. Uh, mm. Everything else is like, you know, so familiar to me. You know, it's like play that funky music, white boy. <laughs> uh, but it's still, I mean, it's all pretty great music. Um, I'll give it a 9.5. Okay. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair that it's so ubiquitous, some of these songs that like you just can't help <laughs> like oh, i saw that in a commercial i saw that in this like it, it, you've heard these songs too many times but yeah i mean i would i would have to look at the actual like all the songs that were left out i mean there is a ton of great music in the movie and i wouldn't be surprised if there are a few like kind of more hidden gems that didn't make it onto the soundtrack for whatever reason mm-hmm. um all right before we go we do have to add a song to the track listing spotify playlist our favorite sibling song yeah. sibling song um i'll go, I'll go f- first if you don't mind oh yeah go um, ahead yeah i think i've got oh, oh I've got switching it up here <laughs> all right mr mayonnaise over here <laughs> oh, yeah we're flipping the script tonight yeah i think uh take it away chris i think i've got a sort of a genre uh change here uh, I've got a song by Queens of the Stone Age uh, from 2006 called Little Sister. So if we could hear a little cut off of that. Here we go. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, I always dug that song. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, I really loved in high school. Uh, I saw them play this song live, and it uh, resonated with me. There's an earlier version recorded with uh, Dave Grohl from 2002. But um, yeah, I always dug that song, and I thought it was, um, I guess, a takeoff of... They got the name from Elvis's song, Little Sister, which is 
far too creepy and they kind of uh <laughs> turned it on its ear a little bit so that's good i like yeah, queens of the stone age. and uh i was just trying to pull one past you caleb and trying to get in first just to oh see. you think that, that was gonna be my pick <laughs> no 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 just i just oh. wanted to get in there i felt like i hadn't gone first in a while so that's yeah, late i don't know <laughs> <laughs> thank you chris for flipping the script uh looks like i've got one pulled up yeah go for it this is a track by the brazilian musician tim maya and this track is called Brother, Father, Mother, Sister. So let's hear a little bit of that. Sister, every time I call you home, you are shopping. Father, yeah, every time I call you home, you are drinking. Brothers in the mud. Get some of their sand. Rock and roll. Yeah, Jim, I uh, <laughs> kind of doing his like best uh, American voice in this song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, it's a, it is what it is. Uh, he was kind of an eccentric uh, figure in uh, late 60s through the 70s and 80s uh, in Brazilian funk and soul music. And uh, he's got a ton of great music out there. Uh, he was also kind of like a revolutionary type, very outspoken, uh, very political. And uh, it kind of ended up spiraling later in his life. Hmm. But yeah, check out uh, Chim Maya. Yeah. Awesome. That was a great track. Jam song. I haven't heard that before. All right, Caleb may have a track. Oh, pulled, thank uh, you, Nikki. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, I'm I'm actually glad that Chris jumped in because uh, <laughs> I'm picking a song. Thank you. <laughs> I'm picking a song that uh, is pretty close in genre to a lot of the music we we'll listen to tonight. So it was nice that we broke it up a little bit before I came back with uh, a song from 1972. This is uh, speaking of pronunciation. Uh, this is a hard one. Samande. Um, this is off of the album Promised Heights. This, this track, it's called Brothers on the Slide, and it's very, it's a track that I really like. It reminds me a lot of uh, Curtis Mayfield's Superfly kind of uh, blaxploitation uh, funk. This is uh, Brothers on the Slide. Brothers on the slide Working on the wrong side What you gonna do? can't win, so you know you must lose. We know which way you're going. We know which way you're going. Yeah, yeah. great, great uh, drum sounds. Yeah. yeah, great production. This is a band I like quite a bit. I, I think I found out about them first because a uh, track off of their earlier more successful album was uh kind of famously sampled by the fugees so it was like one of those songs that when you hear it out of the corner ear, you're just like what i know this i know this i know this and then you go into the band i right? actually do like the drums on that uh song i, I didn't mean for that to sound no 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 because uh, sometimes you know some uh, a friend of yours you know plays you a song and you're not really like, into it <laughs> and all you can, all you can really relate you're like yeah, what, what are the drums? Like, <laughs> sounds all right. Drums sound good. Nice. Good length of the song. <laughs> yeah, nice. 405. 
Good length. No, I think that was we, a good track. Oh, good. Okay. I think we added really some really good tracks. And uh, you listeners at home, you can always follow along by subscribing to our official track listing podcast playlist on Spotify. So. Yeah, we might have to uh, start like separating it by season or something because it's a, a lengthy playlist. It's getting lengthy, but <laughs> oh, I think we've true. got a lot of jams on there. It's yeah. one of my go-to listens. Day in, day out. And if there's a uh, soundtrack that we haven't covered that you would like us to review and listen to, uh, please send us a message on Instagram. That's at Tracklisting Podcast. You could be just like Kyle Argenbright, who suggested the Undercover Brother soundtrack. There you go. Inspired this episode. That's right. Shout out to Kyle. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Hey, good pick, Chris. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for doing this one. Man, I could really go for some mayonnaise sandwiches right now. Ooh, I don't know about you yeah. guys. Yeah, let's cook up some mayonnaise mics sandwiches. Still, wait, the mics are still on. <laughs> oh, no. oh, Jesus. oh, no. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to the Undercover Brothers soundtrack with us. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>